Sherlock Holmes, starring Basil Rathbone and Michael Bruce. The makers of bromo quinine cold tablets bring you another adventure of Sherlock Holmes with Basil Rathbone and Sherlock Holmes and Michael Bruce as Dr. Watson. Friends, when you're the victim of a cold, remember this. Bromo quinine cold tablets are made exclusively to help relieve the usual distress of cold. They're not a cure-all. They're made for one purpose and one purpose only. To help relieve the common miseries of a cold. The ache, the pain, the fever, and nasal stuffing. That's why they do such an effective job. Give yourself the advantages of specialized medication. When a cold attacks, take bromo quinine cold tablets as directed and only as directed. Now, here we are again in our habitual armchair in front of Dr. Watson's fireplace, waiting for the good doctor to uh, put down the evening paper. Oh, I beg your pardon, Mr. Manning. I didn't see you come in. I was reading about your latest American gang shooting. Yes, crime seems to be riding high, wide, and handsome in most of our big cities, I'm afraid. What a pity we haven't got Mr. Sherlock Holmes on the job. This is just what I was thinking. But on the other hand, these gangs of racketeers have sprung up since he retired. Perhaps he wouldn't know how to handle it. Rubbish. I can remember just one case we handled back in 94. It was concerned with Giorgiano, the worst gang leader New York ever had. He didn't call it racketeering in those days, but it amounted to the same thing. Kidnapping, blackmailing, bombing, terrorizing innocent people. By during the course of that particular case, Giorgiano had one man taken for a ride, as you would call it. Sounds interesting. Why don't you tell us about it? Well, that's a story. In November in the year 1894, Holmes and I were sitting in our rooms in Vegas. Well, I thought you said this story was about the head of a New York gang. Yes, so I did, Mr. Manning. So I did, don't you interrupt. Even famous gangsters have been known to travel about from time to time. Well, as I was saying, Holmes and I were sitting in our rooms in Baker Street, and our housekeeper, Mrs. Hudson, must have been a friend of hers. A landlady who kept lodgings in Great Ormond Street. Holmes invited her to sit down. The poor woman was obviously harassed and kept sucking away at the, at the fringe of her cape. Mrs. Hudson tells me that she's been having some difficulty with the lodger, Mrs. Uh, uh, Warren, Warren, that's the name of no, Mr. Holmes, you shouldn't call it difficulty I'm having. And there was a lot that was easier to do for. It's just that I don't see him from one weekend to the other. Oh, come now. That's nothing to be uneasy about. My best of it is one, and if I be your lodger, there would be many occasions when you wouldn't see me for weeks at a time. I work a good deal at night, you know, and do my sleeping by day. Oh, well, no <laughs> doubt, Mr. Holmes. This is different. He never goes out, not even at night. I've waited up to find out. Oh, he kicked it locked. 
Well, I ain't seen him since. But his meals. How does he get his meals? Well, when he rings, I take a tray up and leave it on the chair outside his door. Then when he rings again, up I go and take the tray away empty. If he's wanting anything else, he writes it on a bit of paper and leaves it on the tray. I see. Have you brought any of those bits of paper with you? Yes. Yes, Mr. Holmes. There's just been three. Good. Here they are. Uh-huh. Good today. Oh. Most interesting. Written with a broad, pointed, violet with pencil and printed. Oh, what do they say? Oh. The messages are quite comic, my dear Watson. Soap, <clears throat> daily gazette, and match. They open up a very pleasing field of intelligent speculation. Suggestive, Watson, very suggestive. Yeah, the gentleman says he's very unusual about those papers. No. Just printed. The gentleman doesn't wish Mrs. Warren to obtain a sample of his handwriting. And here, look, look. On this lip, our piece of soap, a corner has been torn away. It was evidently a mark, perhaps a substance. It might give a clue to the man's identity. Furthermore, the person is undoubtedly a foreigner. Oh, well, how do you deduce that? Well, he writes match, not matches. You must look to wear up at the dictionary. Which gave only the singular, of course. Now, Mrs. Warren, what's your lodger look like when you take to take the room? Uh, young as he was, Mr. Holmes, not over 30. Little size, dark, and he had a beard. Spoke English? Yes, sir, he spoke English well enough, but with an accent to the father. Uh-huh. What did I tell you, Watson? What did I tell you? Did he give his name? No, sir. He had any letters or callers? No, sir. Where did he retire when you or the girl go in to do his in the morning? We don't go in, sir. Just for himself. Oh, I see. Yes, interesting. And uh, you say nothing has come out of that room? Absolutely nothing? Just two burnt matches and a cigarette end. They was on the tray this morning. You brought them with you? Oh, that I did, sir. Mrs. Hudson told me it's how you said nothing was too small to take notice of. Mrs. Hudson was right. Yes, sir. Here you be. Hmm. These matches were used to light cigarettes. <laughs> how can you tell what the matches were used for? Quite obvious, my dear. Watson, quite obvious. The shortness of the burnt end. At least half a match is consumed in lighting a pipe or a cigar. Hello, hello. Well, well, well. This cigarette is certainly remarkable. Yes, this is Warren. The gentleman who is now living in your rooms is not the gentleman who engaged them. No, no, Holmes. Um, you can't tell us that. You can reduce that from the cigarette itself. Elementary, my dear Watson, elementary. That is the size of the thing. I believe you said the first gentleman had a beard, Mrs. Warren. Yes, sir. A black beard it was and a flowing moustache. Yes, yes. Now, take the cigarette. Only a clean-shaven man could have smoked down this far. Why, Watson, even that person you call him a start, the start would have been sent. Perhaps he used a holder. Impossible, my dear fellow. Notice the way that it's matted at the end. No, no, it's um, a different person entirely. How could he have got in? Well, he went out the first night, Mrs. Warren tells us. But did the same man return? I think not. I think it was the second chap who came back, the one for whom the first man took the room. Perhaps they both returned. Possibly in the there are two men in those rooms. Excellent, my dear Watson. Excellent. You're coming along. <laughs> now, tell me, Mrs. Warren, uh, how much does the fellow eat? Would it be enough two? Oh, no, sir. He eats so little, I often wonder if he can keep life in one. Well, that settles that. Oh? Well, Mrs. Warren, there seems to be nothing more to be done for the moment. I hardly think the situation is dangerous, at least not for the present. Oh. But keep us informed of any further developments. Oh, thank you, Mr. Holmes. I...
The pursuit of knowledge, Watson, is my great hobby. The pursuit of knowledge, of course. Curiosity, that's what it is. Plain, unadulterated curiosity. Oh, possibly, Watson, possibly. Education, pursuit of knowledge, curiosity. Perhaps they all amount to the same thing. So where are you going to look for your education in this case, if I may ask? In the Daily Gazette, my dear fellow, in the Daily Gazette. A newspaper is often a very storehouse of knowledge. Watson. 
she must be excited. Her hat's on the side of her head, and she's, she's puffing like a steam engine. Ah, there's Mrs. Hudson. Just let her in. Yeah, something's happened. We weren't there. Confound it, what? I hope nothing did it. Come in, come in. Oh. Ah, Mrs. Warren, what's up? Oh, Mr. Holmes, sir, I come as fast as I could. Yes, well, here, uh, take a chair and get your breath. Oh. No, wait a minute, wait a minute, sit down. Oh. Sir, that's it, better. Now then. What's happened? It's a police matter, that's what it is. I'll have no more of it, and I won't. I'll pack him on back and baggage. I'm at the end of my patience, I am. When it comes to knocking my old man about... Oh, Mr. Watts, well, about... Well, it's right off anyway. Who did that? Well, that's what we want to know. It was around 11 this morning. There was a fog, you remember? Well, I took Mr. Watts around to get Mr. Munyon for the school we were to have for lunch. Well, he says he got no more than 10 paces down the road when two men came up behind him, threw a coat over his head, and bundled him into a cab that was standing beside the curb. Twelve o'clock, one o'clock, and he don't come back. And there am I, and they still left waiting for the onions. Well, at two o'clock, they come up a stew anyhow. And you know what a stew is like without onions. Yes, it's well, like, like tea without... Yes, well, that's really like mine. Well, it's... Uh, tea without uh, milk is about better than one of the milk. Go on, Mrs. Warren, go on, never mind. Uh, yes, uh, well, it's three o'clock, my old man comes home, all black and blue, and his coat tore. At first, I think he's been in some pub. He's got a weakness for a drop now and then. Yes, yes, yes. Common miseries of our own cold. That's just the way it happened, isn't it, Mr. Schweikart? 
Yes, that's right. It's been a pleasure to have you with us, Mr. Schweikart. And your statement bears out the results of a coast-to-coast survey conducted by one of America's leading research organizations and taken among over 2,000 American druggers just like yourself. It was found that more than 87%, that's about 9 out of every 10 druggists, recommend bromoquinine cold tablets as an effective aid in the relief of the usual cold symptoms. And in addition, the majority of these druggists said that bromoquinine cold tablets were their largest selling tablets made exclusively for the common distress of cold. Friends, when you have the usual symptoms of a cold, get the preparation your druggist probably recommends. Time-proven bromoquinine cold tablets can take only as directed. Bromo, B-R-O-M-O. Quinine, Q-U-I-N-I-N-E. Bromoquinine cold tablets. Very tidy indeed. Dashed curtains, polished doorknobs. I do my best, Mr. Holmes. Now, we'll wrap it for the key. There's windows on the top floor where the lamp is lit. Those are the lodger's rooms, I take it? Yes, sir. Oh, oh here's the key. Step inside the linen and be back. Will you come in, gentlemen? Holmes? Oh, the door's open. Come along, come on in. I say, why are you staring at that house across the street? You see it, Watson? You see it? Of course I see it. I'm not blind. High red house with white stone facing. Of course. The message. Yes. Watson, that is undoubtedly the signal station. Notice that the left sign in the window? An ideal spot, my dear fellow. An ideal spot. I dare say we're supposed to be gone inside. We're keeping Mrs. Warren waiting. Right, Watson. Practical as usual. No, oh, Mrs. Warren, not now. I, I don't rightly know, sir. Well, I suppose you begin by taking a look at this mysterious lodger of yours. Well, how are you going to manage that if he keeps the door locked? Uh, when do you take his next day up to him, Mrs. Warren? Usually, I can see around 430. 430, eh? Uh, it's almost that now. Is there any chance, uh, another room with a door opening onto your corridor? No, sir, Just some chance. Going away. 
I did not foresee. Follow me downstairs quickly, Watson. With my own excitement. Who was it? Who opened the door? Remember, I could use the substitution of lodgers, Watson. Yes. What I did not foresee was that we should find a woman, no ordinary woman, Watson. No, no, of course not. Dark, young, handsome, with a face set with terror. Terror? Do you think she saw us? I think she suspected our presence. Well, what, what do we do now? We put on our shoes. They're going to spend the next few minutes on the front doorstep. Why? Do you remember the message said that you would communicate with the lady at dusk today? Keep an eye on the window opposite. Yes, but that's true. Almost dark now. Come along. Holmes, we've been here for half an hour. My fingers are practically now. Perhaps your friend has seen us and been scared off. Well, it's always too dark. It's more likely that something has happened to prevent his coming. Hold on. Light over there now. Yes, sir. I can see his shadow. Look, look, there he is. Pale face. He's got a candle peering across. Once they're sure she's there. Have you seen his flash? A single flash? It's A. Take a message, Willie Watson, so we can check up on each other. Oh, I will. Over here in England. That's the question, and it's asked a lady from across the street. 
She should be here in a moment. I signaled her to come. Yes, she is. What is it? I have a comb. Oh, what is it? What have you done with me? You must prepare yourself for a nasty shock, madam. My husband, what has happened? What are you hiding from me? Who is that on the floor? I beg of you not to. Oh, let me see. Let me see.
Look for the letters LBQ on the tablet. And always ask for them by name. Romo. B-R-O-M-O. Quinine. Q-U-I-N-I-N-E. Romo Quinine Cold Tablet. Now, Dr. Watson, what about next week? Well, next week, I think I'll tell you an invention that took me on a wild goose chase halfway across the continent of Europe. A case which Holmes solved by opening a coffin. You have been listening to a Sherlock Holmes adventure adapted from Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's story, The Adventure of the Red Circle, with Basil Rathbone as Sherlock Holmes and Nigel Bruce as Dr. Watson. Dramatization was by Edith Miser, musical interludes composed and conducted by Luke Osloff. This program is presented from Hollywood each week at this time by the makers of Romo Quinine Soul Tablets, prompt relief for cold distress. This is not managed, please. Christmas seals are the stamps that help fight tuberculosis, your contribution to the health and strength of our nation. Buy your Christmas seals today. This is the Red Network of the National Broadcasting Company.